Walking on the bayou with her by my side. She caught a crawfish, put him in a pie. She's out of cool. She's out of cool. She's out of cool. I wake up in the morning. She's a pretty thing. Make me wanna, make me wanna sing. She's out of cool. Hey! She's out of She's a pretty thing. Make me tap my feet. Make me wanna sing. She's Zadi cool. Zadi cool. Let me tell you now. Zadi cool, y'all. Zadi cool. One more time. Walking on the bayou with her by my side. She caught a crawfish. Put him in a pie. She's Zadi cool. Hey. Zadi cool. She's Zadi cool. Yeah. Hey, I'm here with Jay. Uh, Jay was recommended to me by a good friend of mine out of Petaluma. Um, and I talked to him. I called him over the phone and it didn't take me long to realize that, okay, I'm, I'm not talking to some nut here. I'm talking to somebody who's intelligent and, and, and he's going to make a, a good subject for us here. So this is Jay. And of course, I got my son Cowboy Donnie with me once again, my co-host. <laughs> um, Jay, the flutter, I mean, the birds are not real. Thing. Let's, let's just talk about that first. Yeah, I know you're a very knowledgeable guy about a lot of different kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say. Okay. Um, so, birds aren't real started completely as a joke. Um, and one of the main things was to play it off, keep it with a straight face. So like the Facebook page, people would come on, um, you know, instantly going, what is this? What are you talking about? Obviously birds are real. I have birds. I eat birds, but you know, <laughs> and so you try and come up with an answer, even if it's preposterous, just try and do it with a straight face. So try and make it seem as real as possible. Um, basically come off like a crazy person, but try and do it with a straight face. Um, and it was pretty hilarious. It was pretty amusing for a long, long time. Um, so many people I even know would come on there and be like, you guys are crazy. Do you really believe this? And, and I thought that was really, really amusing. It's, it's kind of, the joke has worn out a little bit for me, but I'm starting to realize now what this has done is uh, it's turned it, it's turned it the way that other conspiracies so it can be written off like knowing anyone who's into flat earth will say, oh, you're into flat earth, you probably think birds aren't real, and the moon landing, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, they've been kind of equated with each other. So um, I feel like it's kind of had a, how do I say it? I mean, some people think it's a psyop, like it was literally created to discredit conspiracy theorists. More, more legitimate, uh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I'm seeing that, I'm seeing how that is in effect and could very well be true. I don't want to say for sure that's what it is, you know, it would be impossible to say that, but... 
It's a reality. It seems to be having that effect. Okay. The, the interesting thing I see about I saw about that I uh, <coughs> recently saw the the sixty minute thing on right. that, and I sent it to my friend, uh, this mutual friend of ours in Petaluma, and I said I said Joe take a take a look at this, and a few minutes later he uh, called me back. He says man. I had to cut it off. He says, I, I, I couldn't watch it. I, I go, no, Joe, Joe, you haven't gotten to the good part yet. Okay. He hadn't gotten to the part where the guy comes out with his real personality. Yeah. I said, yeah. Joe, watch the whole thing. I said, I said, you haven't gotten there yet. Then he called me back and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the, the odd thing that I found out about it is that about a, they, said, they estimated about a million people actually got to believe that. Okay. And yeah. even after he has had this show, because when I first watched it, I, th I thought he was legitimate. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then he dropped the face. And that's the fun part of it, is yeah. to try and play it off with a straight face. But the scary part is that there's still a substanti substantial amount of people who started to believe that who are now saying he's part of the conspiracy too. Well, the thing is, this is possible. That was my, my point. <laughs> is it, it, it's, it's working out that way, whether yeah. he meant for it to be or not. Yeah. And there's, there's some evidence that maybe he did mean for it to be that way. He's associated with some people who've been called crisis actors and, and shooting Oof. incidents and, yeah. you know, stuff I don't really want to touch and there's no way to verify, but it's there, you know, it doesn't hurt to take these things into account. And have these conversations. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, I'm sure a certain percentage of the people that follow this are uh, continuing the threat of, like, you know, taking something that's as simple but still outrageous and um as birds aren't real but then also at the same time using it as a commentary to show that you know there's so much about the world that we may not know and uh just the fact of or just the act of um questioning that is important in society absolutely um now let me ask you this why do you think that there's so many folks that uh whether it resonates with them genuinely and authentically or not um that are interested in having these conversations why are these narratives where that, um, because this is something I subscribe to as well. I just want to hear your thoughts. Sure. Uh, a healthy, I think there's a healthy distrust for for the status quo, for the system, for the government. Um, why would you think that there's so many folks that um, that feel that same way as, as I do? I mean, we've grown up. I mean, depending on your generation, for sure, mine maybe less so in the newer generations, where it's less apparent, less obvious. But we have so many examples. Uh, even all throughout history of why we should distrust the government mm. and ways government can be nefarious and self-serving or for the upper class, the rich, you know, all these things. Um, I mean, the number one for me growing up was just the fact that you can be arrested and put in jail, and I was for a plant. You mm. know, like, how ridiculous is that? Right. You know? Right. I and I know it's, it's really basic and maybe not the most interesting. There's plenty of good examples, but really... When you're a kid growing up and that's really there's a penalty for this for growing a plant outside mm. a serious penalty you know um, and it's equated with heroin and cocaine and all these other things in terms of scheduling right um you know even the nixon administration they told him that there was no reason to uh to schedule marijuana it wasn't mm. necessary it wasn't going to hurt anybody but they had all kinds of other reasons for going through with it which were self-serving and I mean, we could keep going on with that example forever, but but that's that's a really basic reason to mistrust the government and their, their intentions. Well, this this actually brings up <clears throat> something that many folks consider a conspiracy, but something that I think is is true and is almost um, 
is almost completely documented as, as being the reason why it's like that. Um, there's some say that in the early uh, 20th century, hemp was emerging as a, uh, a sort of a response to cotton as an alternative source. Uh, and so much of our uh, late, 18th, late 19th, early 20th century, so much of our industry was based around the cotton production. And DuPont. And exactly, Charles DuPont, correct? And so, um, you know, to, to take this plant that had these really beneficial, um, you know, it's easy to grow, it's resilient, um, and it also has these psychoactive or non-psychoactive um, properties that can help a lot of people. Um, but to take this plant, use those specific properties to sort of demonize it, uh, and then make it so that the cotton industry remains supreme and in the textile, uh, you know, and making of cloths and shirts and whatever, jeans. Um, there's some that say this is the reason why this plant, you know, so many years later, there's, you know, such a large percentage of folks that are incarcerated are because of this plant, uh, especially in California. You know, we have people that are doing huge sentences for something that is now legal to go to the store and buy. It's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? So um, can you can you maybe, do you, do you know much about this? You yeah. DuPont, you might know yeah, more than yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the, there's a great book about it, Jack Herrera's The Emperor Wears No Clothes, I think is what it's called. Uh, most people in the turn of the 19th century, <coughs> excuse me, weren't aware that hemp and marijuana were the same thing mm. at all. Um, so when they started trying to demonize marijuana with all the reefer madness and you know, saying jazz musicians are gonna steal your daughter, like all this kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, it was pretty easy, you know, in a predominantly white, um, affluent country who is slightly xenophobic, or very, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was really easy, and a lot of people seem to have evidence that DuPont was the one behind doing this, and it really wasn't about that at all. They just wanted to corner the market where hemp had been the number one thing. They created nylon, the synthetic fibers. Right. Um, so there's there's good evidence for that. I think it's pretty pretty obvious, but um, but yeah. There you go. Well, you know, it really seems that um, a really good reason why a lot of these uh, maybe more extravagant uh, theories are sort of rooted in things like you know marijuana being demonized because of the cotton industry or uh, the cover up for of a lot of the things that are uh, that the <clears throat> how do I say this the police arm of our government like the those three-letter agencies have done, like yeah. uh, specifically here in California and uh, specifically here in the uh, Bay Area, um, there was a group of folks that were, uh, you know, <clears throat> testing a, a psychoactive chemical on folks to see uh, their reaction, and it was a big conspiracy. People were saying, "Oh, that's not true. That's crazy." And then these documents were released, and MK the program was called MK Ultra. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then there's some speak that the Mansons were involved with that. I don't know about the legitimacy of that, but. This, these things that have come to light in the past are sort of, a, it makes it so that folks are able to get behind, like I said, more extravagant uh, uh, conspiracies. Now, something I find very interesting is are all the coincidences in the world, in the earth specifically, uh, that just seem to be almost too good to be true. Like for example, there's 24 hours in a day, the earth is roughly, I think 24,000 kilometers in, uh, in circumference. And we happen to bro- we happen to be rotating allegedly at a thousand kilometers an hour, right? That seems a little bit strange. That's very you know. Um, now, for example, uh, there's you know other planets that rotate at a day a year. You know what I'm saying? There's other mm-hmm. planets that do all kinds of stuff, but it just so happens that ours you know meets that criteria. Similarly, and a little bit more apparently, um, the moon and the sun from the Earth's perspective, looking up, are exactly just about exactly the same size. 
But that doesn't make sense because the sun is obviously way bigger than the earth. That's to right. extent. And so they tell us that the, the, or the sun is 400 times larger than the, earth, than the moon, but it also happens to be 400 times further away. Um, now, these are coincidences, one could say, but it almost seems as though there's a lot of evidence just that is commonly accepted by science that seems almost too coincidental for it to be the case. Now, if we look back throughout history, obviously there's a lot of folks who have proven that the Earth is round, but then there's also a lot of folks that have proven that the Earth is, is flat. So, um, could you? I know you yeah. might be more well versed in yeah. the subject than I am. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, I can. I can. It's there, there's so much information about it. Um, I wouldn't even know where to start, so I'll just try and jump in somewhere. Uh, the the flat Earth thing it started what I think around 2015 something like that. And there was a bunch of things that sort of prompted it. Um, uh, one of them was actually called the lunar wave, where people were videotaping this effect of the moon, essentially acting like a hologram. You could see ripples through it. Mm. I don't know if you know this, the, the Royal Astronomical Society on many occasions has photographed stars shining through the moon, mm. which shouldn't, shouldn't be possible at all, but it's well documented. Um, so there was some things that prompted it, and depending how conspiratorial-minded you are, a lot of people think, think also that Flat Earth was a PSYOP created to distract people from all these other anom anomalies, um, things about NASA which don't add up. Mm -hmm. The moon landing is a huge one. I mean, we could literally spend hours talking I'd, about I'd that. I'd like to touch on that for a little bit, 100%. Uh, sure. Um, but when it comes to the Flat Earth, uh, myself, and I think almost everybody who's really into the subject started off going, this is bullshit. Right. I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, you know, most people won't give it the time of day. You know, I've had so many people, like I said, even just talking about doing this interview who are like, oh, you're going to talk about Flat Earth? Like, please don't. That's but it's that's, inherently interesting. It's inherently yeah, interesting, yeah, it but, interesting, but the cognitive dissonance against it, so that's what's amazing to me. If someone mm. doesn't go, wow, what are you going to say about that? I can't imagine there's anything to say. Instead, it's don't talk about that. Right. That would mean you're wrong. That would mean you're stupid. That would mean you're crazy. And if you were paying attention to the internet in like 2016, 17, 18, yeah. um, there were huge swaths of folks that were interested in and posting about that on platforms like YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or whatnot that were uh, something, there's a term called shadow ban. It, right. Absolutely. So uh, for those of you guys that aren't aware, um, <clears throat> people generally find stuff online either by searching it up or just by coming through your feed. Um, not by somebody sending a link, but if somebody has something they want you to see, they can do that. Um, to be banned from a platform is nobody can see your stuff. You're, immediate, you're essentially a ghost online. Nobody sees it, right? It's gone. But to be shadow banned is if you search something up, you won't find it unless you have the exact link or you go to the exact page yep. and search from there. Uh, and so essentially this is sort of keeping people from seeing this information. And it can definitely see, seem as though the government or the social media websites or the powers that be, um, if they do something like this, it means they're sort of trying to hide something. So it definitely does give a lot more um, credence to it. Yeah, a lot more credibility to these things if folks are trying to cover it up or hide it. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. No, it used to, so they claim that the algorithm was changed on mm. YouTube, as they did with Facebook, as they did with all these different social media platforms. Right. Uh, and it became impossible to find specific pieces of information, even if you knew the keywords, even if you knew the title and, uh -huh. and the person who person who published it direct you can't find it putting those things in um so yeah i mean i guess 
I guess it could be argued that it was just the algorithm, but literally the whole thing changed overnight in terms of what information you could find, what you had access to, and what would be suggested to you All right. Um, coming up. So that was huge, and that's interesting, and it, you know... I'm sure it put a lot of fuel on the fire, 100%. I mean, and so this is the other interesting thing about Flat Earth, is if it's so dumb and so ridiculous, why is it? Why did Obama name drop it? You know, in one of his speeches, he kind of makes a joke about flat earthers or the flat earth society, mm -hmm. uh, and it was brought up a lot. And it makes me, it makes me feel like people were pointing towards it, so they can say that's stupid, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then, if you wanted to bring up other relevant things, which really deserve investigation or at least a conversation about, you just get lumped in. And the extreme of this is birds aren't real, in my opinion. Got you. So, okay. So, okay. so this is sort of a so birds aren't real could almost be thought of if you're not taking it literally as sort of a uh, um, a commentary on how you know either you can look at it in two ways a commentary of either how people will follow something if it people are willing to follow something because they have this inherent trust with the government and especially with the big brother thing yeah. and surveillance and um, the things that like Snowden came out with talking about how you know we're being watched and all these things that people would have called a conspiracy definitely before then um, or it could be looked at as similar to the flat earth as um, noise, white noise, to sort of distract the folks from, from actual issues, right? Like political politics from, uh, you know, the healthcare in the United States and homelessness in the United States or even abroad if you want to talk about the, the Uyghur Peninsula of right, China right. or um, terrible things that are happening in the Middle East that shouldn't be happening. Um, and so it would make a lot of sense to try to draw attention from these things by as you say, shiny objects. Yeah, yeah, I always yeah, say from time that's to time. That's it. That's it. You know, the flat Earth is never really the flat Earthers have always been around. Mm -hmm. I mean, from from way, 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 way back. I'm just wondering how much uh, how much actual proof can you have that the Earth is flat? I'm finding that so. Hard. So this is actually what's amazing to me, and this is why. Like I said, everyone who gets into it and, and really spends time on it starts because they go, this is bullshit. Mm. Like, let me let me look at this. I'm going to disprove this in five minutes. Well, there's actually a ridiculous amount of evidence. And this is one of the things I love about Flat Earth is a lot of these people get so into it. And there's a lot of brilliant, it's uh, what Neil deGrasse Tyson called an anti-intellectual movement. But really, it's one of the most intellectual movements I've ever seen. You've got very famous scientists um, physicists, all kinds of people who are really interested in this, and one of the first things that happens is people go out and try and test it for themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we get the way the globe Earth works and all the subtle nuances. We start getting indoctrinated from that from when we're like five years old. Yeah, the first thing you do in science class is you build a little. You know, because it's balls. it's completely counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense when you're a kid. You're going, wait, so I'm stuck to this ball. It's like a ball spinning, but when I see a ball spinning, things fly off. Like, there's so many things here that, you know, it's just we've been exposed uh, over and over our whole lives. So we just, we accept a lot of these things. I, and I feel like most people throughout their lives have these things where come up that go, wait, how come it's daytime, but I've seen the moon and it's, like, there's so many just, just little observations that you learn to ignore. You sweep them under the rug because you okay. go, well, you know what, what I learned in school, that's right, Galileo, Kepler. Um, all these things people whatever. people have been doing this I mean we could get into the fact that it's all been Jesuit Vatican Freemason control but that's well, I, I don't know about that actually in Egypt uh, I think the first folks that 
presented the theory that the Earth wasn't flat with the Egyptians way back in the day. That it was flat. That it was not flat. Okay, so Aristophanes, I believe that's his name, uh, which he learned about in school books, he put his stick down and had someone walk some miles oh, away. Yeah, 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 so yeah. this is the main one you learn about, but there's actually all kinds of variables in that, which you don't learn about. It uh, could, uh, off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure there are other ways it could work is if the sun was closer and we were larger. There's a few different ways, and, and this is usually given as a proof, um, and he... I don't believe he even thought the Earth was. I'm trying to remember exactly. If but, I if I remember specific, uh, if I remember um, specifically, again, I learned this a long time ago. But what they said he did was he uh, he tried to stick in the walking for a while, and then he eventually got enough backing to erect two um, obelisks. Right, right. Uh, they were one was like in Alexandria, and one was like further away. Uh, had somebody walk, count the days, and then X amount of time after the. Uh, X amount of time after the initial meeting, they kept track. Right. Uh, they both measured the um, the distance uh, that the obelisks threw a shadow. Absolutely. And they learned that if they was the same and the sun was, if the, assuming the sun is a fixed point, uh, if they were the same height and that rays are parallel, which makes sense because if something's really far away, even if it's a couple hundred miles or a couple mm. trillion miles or whatever, it's the rays will be almost parallel because it's a single light source and it's traveled so far. Whereas if you're closer, it may be more um, <clears throat> diagonal. That's besides the point. So if they're if assuming the rays are parallel and two things are this far apart and a single light source, uh, they should throw the same amount of shadow. But if they show a different shadow, it's because they're not parallel. It's because they're curved like this. And so therefore the earth is round, right? So there are variables that could be in play such as, you know, the terrain you may not be at the same distance from sea level such as uh how um how plumb i believe is the right term it is to the ground is it as a right angle is it slightly curved one way or another but it is a study that i i believe has been replicated a bunch of times and um generally is, is comes so the there's same. a lot of interesting stuff i mean there's so many interesting things and as i was saying all these people who are really into it now and trying to move it forward started off trying to do all these experiments on their own to, mm. to disprove it essentially and none of them could observably do that even einstein has a quote about it's not observable to show that the earth has curvature mm. and here's the number one the number one proof and the thing that really really got me is so as as the size of the earth and the curvature is it should it should curve at i believe it's um Eight inches, well, eight inches per square foot um, of drop of curvature um, as as you go away and of the the horizon. Eight inches per square foot. Well, yeah, but it goes because it's squared. It ends up being more and more, and from your from your perspective, it goes down and increases gradually. There's nowhere on the earth where you can see curvature. Well, so there's this one place that I've heard about. Um, I was talking to a friend about this. Uh, there's this place in Belgium. It's a wind farm. It's called, I believe, Thornton Wind Farm. I heard um, about it. So <clears throat> basically, if you're standing along the coast and you're looking out uh, into the farm, and this also is predicated on the tides, uh -huh. uh, because generally most folks find that the tides are because of the, the moon and the sun, and so uh, the, the earth sort of rotates within these two bulges of water. Uh, but if you catch it at the right time, um, you can actually look out on the wind farm and in the uh the mills in the middle seem more to be covered to be covered more mm -hmm. than the mills on the outside and if you take a picture 
just almost with the naked eye you can see it, but especially if you do a little bit of calculus, you can sort of see just slightly the the curvature of the Earth. Interesting, because there's literally thousands of people who are doing these experiments. It's, mm. it's observable uh, with the Hawaiian Islands. Yeah, there's many you shouldn't be able to see from one another because of the curvature, and they're right there. There's well, people who've done it with lasers and with the Statue of Liberty. Uh, it can be seen I mean, 60 miles away with, with nothing changing. Lighthouses are really common. So mm. I personally, when, when I got into it, I was looking for any evidence of this. And then after this had been around for a while and more and more people are doing this, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, who loves to talk shit about flat earthers, yeah. he, he starts going, it's never possible to see the curvature of the earth. We're like, and he holds up a ball, he says, if you're two millimeters off this ball, no one could ever see it. Even from space, people are launching balloons, amateur balloons, mm -hmm. um, pilots are going as high as possible. No one has ever observed any curvature. Mm -hmm. and and as far as I know, it's never been verified. I mean, there's never been verifiable curvature once, and all the scientists seem to admit that there's no observable curvature. Okay. But the math does not make sense. You I absolutely agree. should. I agree. You absolutely should see curvature. So this is the number one thing that I think gets most people mm -hmm. about the, about the flat Earth. Um, I'd be curious to help afterwards. I'll ask you a little bit more about that and check it out. Yeah, but well, we convene and you know compare sources and maybe put it in the comments or something. But we'll, we'll do a follow up uh, up on this this also so let me yeah. let me ask you a question from the perspective of uh you know if somebody were to subscribe to these beliefs what would be the explanation for um why all of these governments from different countries would sort of uh collaborate to 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 further this agenda Right. There's, there, I mean, there's so many reasons you can think of. I mean, the number one is to control and keep us dumbed down. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't really want people getting as scientifically oriented or minded as your people that you're paying to do that and keep it on top of technology. Um, you know, the flat earth map is a really trippy thing. Uh, Gen yeah, generally the one I see, uh, for those who aren't familiar, is uh, the center. So imagine a plate. At the center of the plate, you see the North Pole. Yeah. Then around that, you'll see you know um, Alaska, China, Russia, etc. Moving out toward down towards you know America, Latin America, Africa, etc. Australia sometimes in there, and then mm -hmm. uh, around the edge will be um, imagine the South Pole right up. Yeah. Uh, instead of the globe like this, it's opened out, and then there's an ice ring around. Some people say it's an infinite plane; it goes on forever. Some people say that there's a dome. And then some people just say the edge after the edges have dropped off. So the Mercator map is the name of it, and okay. it's the UN uh, flag, I believe, is what yep. it is. They uh, use the, the exact flag. same thing, which mm. definitely does not it dis dis uh, <laughs> doesn't keep anyone from from thinking anything yeah, about it. Yeah, for sure, it, it, it propagates a little bit. It's yeah. got to be. Um, and one of the one of the amazing things is a huge part of this is Antarctica. Antarctica is so relevant to it because it totally changes how we've been taught and the, the layout of the earth. But no one can get there. Antarctica is the only treaty that the entire world has kept is that it's no man's land, no one owns it. And yet we see all these really interesting people going down there for environmental reasons, perhaps. There's something trippy going on with Antarctica and no one is allowed to even approach it. If you start going certain places by boat or by plane, the military will come intercept you. Yeah, uh, and they'll, they'll say they'll even shoot you down. If you there don't. is one exception to this, oh. Metallica. 
Metallica was the first band to perform on all seven continents. Somehow they got down there. Oh, they Saturday. made it to one of the bases or something. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's but really just, interesting. I'm just saying that really cool. jokingly, jokingly. No, no, but, no, no. That's that's, yeah. that's interesting, and it's not like people don't go there. Mm -hmm. But there's um, there's so many things they could do. Because yeah, you can't you can't fly over it. They say no. Um, none of the none of the because uh, you can track it's uh, it's open source, I believe. You can see the flight paths of everybody. Yeah. And nobody flies in that direction. Though it would make sense if you want to fly from. I don't know, the tip of Argentina to the tip of, um, you know, like, what is it, Cape, uh, the southern tip of Africa? Africa. Yeah, yeah, it would make sense to almost fly that direction. So so this is the other thing that interests me so much. Mm -hmm. So you'll see, uh, again, Neil deGrasse Tyson tends to be the most vocal one mm -hmm. about well, flat he's, Earth. He's probably the most famous scientist right. right now. So he, there are so many things that could be done to disprove flat Earth. Right. Like just like that, little experiments, little videos of midnight at the South Pole, and stuff. Mm -hmm. all these different things could be done. So either they're purposefully trolling, and they never address the real arguments. They'll make up straw man arguments about, oh, you guys think this? Well, that's not true because this. They never actually take on. He was supposed to have a whole conversation on Joe Rogan with one of the leading flat earthers and backed out of it. Mm -hmm. So no. whether whether what's he Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I have heard him yeah. say this a couple times that he doesn't like to have. Uh, I've heard him say this for years that he doesn't like to have uh, debates, especially when he's on the side of quote unquote uh, absolute truth. Because uh, then, if he happens to be across from somebody that happens to be more charismatic, and you know, um, there's he yeah. he says that he doesn't see any merit in debating an absolute truth. That's that's interesting because he gets pretty charismatic about being anti-flat earth and doesn't offer any substantial arguments i find anyway so this is this is one of the other interesting things is there's so many ways that uh with someone with resources could explain flat earth as being totally wrong with a few experiments no one ever does that and no one ever takes on the serious issues no one addresses the curvature of the earth thing mm. they just say no that's not right but no no one explains well i mean even on a calculator of a globe earth you can figure out what the curvature is right. and it should be very very apparent um from some i mean everywhere people are doing experiments with lasers there was this interesting netflix documentary about flat earth that came out that just had to be this information because mm. they kept trying to elude to making flat earthers look like idiots. Like, you know. well, I have seen a, a really famous experiment that was done, allegedly, by some flat earthers where they had tried something similar to the laser uh, and, um, they and it had, didn't work. Yeah, they found like that somebody was Netflix. That was, that was the Netflix special, oh, so, special I'm talking about. So why would a flat earther, sorry to interrupt, why would a flat earther make a video with this information? There's other things where he made himself look like an idiot and disprove the things. There's so many people who have done this people who aren't even flat earthers who are just trying to figure out where's the curvature and they've done it with lasers okay when architects create things uh suspension bridges train tracks none of them ever account for the curvature of the earth funny enough uh, there's a bunch of documents in nasa that uh have been released that never flat for the non-rotating earth flat non-rotating but yeah. if you if you were to if you dive a little bit deeper into those particular documents yeah. you find that um when you're traveling unless you're really like circumventing the globe um the rotation and the curvature of the earth very rarely ever comes into play, right? Like if you're flying a drone over, let's say even like the whole country of Afghanistan, yeah. you're not really going to be um, having to interact with that. And so when you're doing like advanced physics like this, oftentimes to make it more simple, uh, you sort of take out um, parts of the equation that don't influence the Variables, equations. Yeah. And so you could see like how somebody saying the words flat on a rotating earth in regards to, to doing these calculations where those two variables don't come into effect. I get that. Could be misconstrued 
some would say. I, I, I agree just, with that. I agree right. with that. And you know, there's so many things like that too, where they try and show stuff from NASA or. I mean, the architects is actually a pretty huge one. When creating a suspension bridge, there's some famous quotes from architects saying, yeah, the curvature of the Earth is only taught in schools to school children because it's ridiculous. What they, what they meant by that and alluded to doesn't necessarily mean they were flat earthers. Yeah. But it's interesting that we get taught that at such a young age, and it's not actually taken into account in anything. No, nobody takes it into account. You could say, but you, I could say the same thing to, I'm an like, engineer. Yeah. I could say yeah. the same thing about calculus. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Uh, calculus is definitely important regardless of whether or not you believe it applies to the surface of the earth. Calculus is definitely an important thing to learn, but once I finish with school, never gonna never going to use that again, right? Yeah, so similarly, if you're building, um, if you're building suspension bridges over, uh, let's say, a mile, a mile-long bridge, uh, the curvature of the Earth wouldn't necessarily affect that at those distances, would you say? I, well, it should. I mean, to me, it, you know, the truth is I'm not an architect, so it's not mm. It's I not even my place to comment on it. Right. right. But it, right. it sure seems like that should make a difference. Or doing, like, super long suspension bridges and things like that. Mm. Uh, eight inches squared per mile is pretty big. It gets significant pretty quick. Well, I mean, I don't know how many, like, suspension bridges are like longer than a mile and if you're taking into account eight inches in a, in a mile then that would be you know not negligible but like there'd be almost enough sway within that bridge uh you know because these things they do move um especially here in california we have to always equate for earthquakes and things like that right? so so i i agree so this is just the thing i actually have a bunch of notes on it on what the exact numbers for the curvature are mm. i would encourage people to go check it out for themselves a hundred percent because because yes i mean originally when i was thinking about it i was like well that doesn't seem like that big a deal but it becomes a very big deal very quickly right um one of the other things that really interested me or got me more interested is i have a friend who's a pilot he's an army pilot and he was flying some plane that went as high as planes can go. Mm -hmm. And he posted a picture from it, and he said, you can almost see the curvature of the Earth from up here. <clears throat> and got me thinking, I'm like, so you almost. can't. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you couldn't, you couldn't see it in the picture. That's interesting. Going, you have to. Uh, that has to. There's no way that, that you put it. So it's, uh, we, we can have intellectual thoughts and debates, and I'm, I'm not a mathematician, I'm not a physicist, I'm not an architect, yeah. so I'm, I'm not an expert of on course. that, but from everything I've read, the curvature is the number one thing that interests me, hmm. and I've never seen any proof of it. Well, can I, can I talk about, the, or ask some questions that you may, you may have information about, about the, one of the things that interests me the most? Sure. I'm a big history buff. Yeah. I'm oh, a big right. history buff. You know, I feel like uh, history has a tendency to repeat itself. Uh, and I also feel like you can learn a lot of about um, why things are the way they are today by looking back at history. Um, now, if if one were to subscribe to the flat Earth theory, would you say that history has been misrepresented or even falsified? Because it seems as if if you look back, um, there would have been a point at which history couldn't be presented. As true and have this, um, have this, you know, big conspiracy to hide the fact that the Earth is flat be prevalent today. Can you talk anything about that? Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, history being true, like that's already so complicated. There's mm -hmm. so many peoples whose histories get erased. Um, there's so many histories that are put forward. I mean, really, most of our history is is. Uh, put together by the Vatican, and it's not it's not necessarily completely accurate. I mean, who knows? We weren't there. There's no way to actually say what is and isn't real. 
the, I would say a lot of a lot of history has been going back through manuscripts that have survived time. You know, going back through records of uh, you know <clears throat> records of fossils and things of that nature, and, and sort of uh, as opposed to as opposed to top-down inductive, like bottom-up deductive, right? Trying to mm -hmm. find as much evidence as there are and, and write a narrative off of that. Oftentimes this is the case in, in old manuscripts and old things like that. And um, do, you, do you think that, uh, again, the Vatican um, being a major um, compiler of historical documents yeah. could obviously give them the opportunity to influence the events of the past to a certain degree, but would you say that history, the way it's presented today, could not be the case it would the case if the earth is flat or would you say those are that's conflating the two um that's 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 a complicated question um so you know there there's they found textbooks from the early 1900s where the earth was still taught as black mm -hmm. in some places hey, i mean they're the 10,000 in america no they're this 10,000 years old still taught in some places today <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um yeah, it's just, it's really complicated. There's a lot of people who feel the whole, the whole way that the, the uh, globe earth the heliocentric model came to be was very much planned out as Hegelian dialect. You know, one person said, okay, we're the center of the earth, but it's ball earth. And then, uh, the sun is the center of the earth. It's a ball. Well, either way, you've got ball earth coming out of that. And normally they would have killed these people as witches instead of going, uh, they're all Jesuits and friends of Jesuits. And mm -hmm. Okay. I'll tell you what, you what? just take the last few years of your life on house arrest really quick. Or like, yeah, send you out of this country this, or whatever. This seems pre premeditated to mm -hmm. me as what they were trying to put forward. Not to mention the Bible's clearly not heliocentric. The earth is supposed to be the center of everything. Right. Um, and, you know, we could get into the firmament, the waters. This is a big thing. For the and again, I like to say I'm not I'm not actually a flat earther, but I find no, somebody that I find yeah. the model super compelling and intriguing because I wanted to disprove it. Of course, I wanted to show how it was inaccurate. And the more and more I look, you can't. And it's a model. It's a theory. Even gravity is still a theory. There are all these things that that may not be proved and probably could be proved, but aren't. And it makes it that much more of an intriguing uh, pursuit. Well, so gravity is a really interesting thing that, oh, um, yes. you know, so for, for, uh, um, the way that we understand the world, uh, if something's over, I forget exactly the metric, but if something's over a certain time, it, it tends to attract towards itself. Right. Um, also, uh, you know, something that we can observe here on earth is, uh, you know, things like bubbles, things like water. Um, they generally tend to take a spherical shape because that's where you can put the most amount of volume into the least amount of space. Right. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, for example, you blow a bubble, generally it's going to be round. If you uh, put a droplet of water and you take it in slow motion, generally it's going to be round. And so, uh, if you were to take the creation of the universe um, from a generally accepted secular position, um, you would say, you know, a molten ball of rock, if it's, all, if it's liquid, um, it would be round, right? Now, this happens... Um, with things that we observe that don't necessarily have gravity, but um, the generally accepted take is if something's large enough, it will attract towards itself. And so it will try to create the most space effective because all the things are pushing and that generally creates a round shape. So um, gravity and the uh, <clears throat> generally accepted version of, of the flat earth, right? Uh, how would those two things sort of come to coincide? So, yeah, so... Flat Earthers, for the most part, generally really poo-poo gravity. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a theory. It's not provable. Because in a lot of their experiments, 
it seems to not make sense with what they're doing. I mean, you can make with that if you want. But what they do agree with is usually um, uh, the matter of density. I can't remember what the correct term is for it's like, But you know, there's right. there's the heavier things, depending on the density of the materials, stack up on one another. That's where things get caught. So like mm. uh, rock, you know, water floats on top of that, air floats on top of that, space. You know, which is a whole nother really interesting thing. It gets back to the NASA dis dishonesty. Um, I'm not saying we haven't been to space, but I've seen no evidence of that. And the videos of NASA just are ridiculous to me. Okay. What about what about those satellites that you see? So this is the satellites. That's something you wouldn't have the seen photos, when this guy was from the satellites, all of these... Fifty years of photos from satellites. Um, uh, none of them are real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, okay. So it depends on what you're calling real. Are they are they things in low Earth orbit? Yes. Are they in space? Well, no. I think even now they admit that they're not technically in space. Like space what? being the atmosphere around Earth, they don't leave the atmosphere technically. They, they don't uh, leave Earth's orbit. The stratosphere, whatever. Right. They don't leave the orbit. Yeah. So wouldn't the idea of an orbit be outside of the the, wouldn't that sort of disprove flat Earth? Uh, well, so they don't. Oh, just seeing what's underneath. They they don't believe that the Earth is spinning. That's definitely one one of the main things. Right. And they don't believe that you get to a point where you're just floating. You know, there's so much information that people have come with, up with specifically about this subject, and I don't feel that I could do it justice commenting Fair. on it. I mean, Fair. if I prepared for a little bit, we mm -hmm. we could talk about it. Um, and it's not that I don't believe these things happened or aren't real. It's in Okay, it's an inherently Poss interesting subject. It's possible that NASA has done all the things they've done, mm. but if you go and analyze their photographs, all the things, their compilations, makes sense. you know, so you know, times. the globe Earth has never been photographed, and for a long time they'd say, oh yeah, you know, we photographed the globe Earth. Well, there was a lawsuit against NASA, and someone said, no, this is CGI, this isn't possible, mm. and they came out and said, okay, you're right, none of the photos of the Earth are real, and then yeah. all the, well, I don't think so, I think. The CGI um, is, I don't know if that's the correct terminology, and real, I think, is a little bit, uh, I'd like to clarify, I believe what I've seen is the majority of pictures of the Earth are compilations of multiple pictures put together. Absolutely, that's what it's supposed to be. That's right. what it's supposed to be. Okay, but like the the moon from Earth with the, the astronaut Apollo stand, standing with the flag that right. above it, right. that's been shown to be layered in. That's right. absolutely. And there's actually that, that, a lot of quotes from NASA admitting that these aren't real photographs. Some of them are compilations. Right. Now here's where it gets really interesting too. Again, Neil deGrasse Tyson with this stuff, but so Earth isn't isn't uh, a round marble and he's admitted that first it was an oblique spheroid uh sphere and then later that now they're saying it's pear-shaped yes okay, so. well but you would say that uh well, according to according to the science that is generally accepted uh, they say that you know <clears throat> the earth is approximately i'm i'm blinking now i don't know if it's twelve thousand in circumference or 24 but big number right or 25 but the the difference between the highest point of the uh, the sphere would be about K1, right? The, the top of the Nepalese mountains, right. the Himalayans. Okay. And then the deepest part would be about um, seven miles. So the five miles and seven miles are the, the highest and lowest, and that's in the Marianas Trench. Okay. And so um, if the deepest between the highest and the lowest points on the Earth's surface are 12 miles, and that would be one half of 1%. 12 miles to okay. 24,000? No, that would be one, yeah. It'd be a very small amount, a very small amount. Right. Um, so it being spherical, it, it being s smooth, 
and then also the the circumference from the poles and the circumference around the equator being the difference of a very small amount of miles wouldn't it be for intents and purposes the sphere well from so by those calculations uh Yes, but it's not, and NASA even says it's not. Oh, yeah, it's a little bit wider on the equator. It's like a fat. Well, they won't, it's like me. You they know, won't tell us wider exactly. The They've actually never said exactly what it is, and it's changed quite a few times. Mm. Um, so just just the fact that we've been shown pictures all our life of this marble. Presented this, as... As reality, as, and they, they uh, did. As single, single frame pictures or single snapshots. And they absolutely... Um, yeah, they, they let the public believe that they were actual photos, even some of the ones from space. Um, anyway, it's just, uh, there's there's lots of discrepancies. NASA has admitted that those aren't real. There was a lawsuit against them that someone won for perpetrating the globe earth pictures, which, which were oh, compilations. I, I, I heard anything about that. Yeah, you can look it up. It's, it's interesting. So, Dad, maybe you can speak a little bit about this, uh, about NASA. So, I was negative 30 or so when the uh, United States, <laughs> the National Academy of Science or whatever, NASA, I can't think right now. Uh, I was, whatever, not alive around in 1969 or when that first happened, but I'm a little bit aware of the events, right? We were in a space race, an arms race, and a competition with the Soviet, the USSR. Uh, we were losing pretty badly. We spent all this money trying to think, make a pen that works without gravity, <laughs> and they had used a pencil. We were just behind the eight ball, right? They said... Uh, unmanned mission, they sent a dog, right. Um, right. Um, we were behind in both of those, but then all of a sudden uh, we put a couple, you know, cowboys from the Midwest in a tin can banging around a little bit, and all of a sudden we've been on Earth, and people are, there's flags waving in the wind that doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah, tell so, but can you, you can you speak a little bit about the events that were going on around then, um, from your perspective? Here's what I want to say. The, the uh, if the Earth is not like it is, the uh, the they're sending they're sending the, the uh, what Bezos what his name is yeah, yeah Jeff Bezos right, and, right, and, the, the, and the and the blue Musk, Musk whatever is that guy uh, they're sending these things up and they're, and they're sending up just regular folks up up and they're getting up higher than where they can look back at the Earth and see it. so this Earth that they are looking at is not real. It, it, uh, obviously, somehow, these people are getting into this 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 rocket. Uh, we see it shooting off. That yep. that is that's a, a reality. They get up there and they look back at the Earth and they see it. But is I've heard uh, the term holograms used a lot. It's research. Sure. So uh, so are they looking at a? Are you saying that they are looking at a hologram? And Bezos and, and Musk and all of these guys have to be in on this whole thing. Absolutely. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I just wanted but, to. Uh, we could go on more than that. Uh, I mean, I don't. I think they are going up somewhere. It's still low Earth orbit. Um, there's lot. It's so interesting. Musk has frequently said, "Well, you know, it's real because it looks fake," and that doesn't make any sense. Well, <laughs> Musk, Musk, Musk. I can't take anything he says. He's, 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 he's a tool. And the thing is, yeah. these people are extensions of the U.S. government. They're not really. When you look into it and who they are, and the Defense Departments and who they're related to, mm. they're not really these independent businesses. That, I mean, maybe on some some level they are but these people are extremely well connected they're part of the u.s government maybe right. maybe not maybe not uh, officially but but they really are and they play an integral role in the structure of our reality here in the united states and other places but some of these people who are going up 
now are just people. Um, are, are they though? Do we know them? Um, They're presented that way. I have a hard time believing that just anybody gets to go up to space. Like, they, they're pretty selective about it. The Challenger was a whole crazy thing we could get into, and that was not how it was presented. Um, hmm. So, what I think, um, what it, it's a question. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not officially think, disagreeing. I'm just saying. No, you're, you're we, presenting it. Do we know this that? conversation yeah. so interesting? I'm loving it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you have this perspective that we're not as educated on. Yeah. And uh, us, we're just able to have this conversation and explore. And it's it's so interesting, man. The world is infinite outwards, allegedly. But it's also, it's also infinite inwards. You know, there's never been two people who have had the same combination of experiences. And having a conversation with somebody that's very well versed in, in something that's not commonly held. Uh, a knowledge that's not commonly attained is, is super interesting. We shall be doing that 100%. all the time. Uh, yeah, if you're not time. questioning what's going on around you, uh, that's something that Neil deGrasse he definitely uh, you know for his lack of uh, nuance in, in speaking with the flat Earth community, that is something he always um, advocates for is question what's going on around you. It's yeah. just huh. as lazy to accept everything is real. As it is to accept that everything's fake. Oh, that you seems know so contradictory for him. And this is, again, my whole thing with mm -hmm. the Flat Earth, why I love it and find it so interesting, is because people are going out there and testing it. Right. They're doing these things with drones. They're doing things with lasers. Because they, the, the, the main thing is they don't trust anything NASA has put out. And right. there's a, we could do a whole podcast on that. But, but it's great to see people taking science into their own hands and trying to prove these things with experiments that they can do yes. with the resources they have. And I love that. And I think we should all be doing that. I agree that any hunger for knowledge and uh, your own experimentation is really important. But I do think there is a flip side okay. to, to this. I do believe that uh, the it is important for education and... Uh, for folks to to be able to um, to learn mm -hmm. and grow, and I think uh, a healthy thirst for knowledge is important. I also think that you can get into a um, community like this, uh, enter a a uh, shoot. I'm blanking on words right now. Enter a community that sort of only speaks with itself. There's a word for that. But sure. Uh, self. Uh, uh, Oh my I mean, we're both doing it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. You can self enter a community. Self, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can enter a community that only talks to themselves. You can distrust evidence to the contrary and only, uh, you know, trust evidence that proves That's that you're presented theory. by like-minded individuals. Exactly. And, and so I think it can be dangerous to, um, to. I think a vehicle to really start to shake the foundations of a government would be introducing a lot of discourse in places where um, absolute truths have been have been generally accepted. Uh, I still think it's really important to uh, to thirst for knowledge and to question the world around you, but I also believe that um, there are those who have nefarious um, like nefarious intentions for the United States. And, and, uh, at, at the end of the day, um, as much as I want uh, one world that all works together and one world that has a common goal and um, and I do believe that if we all, all were to get together and, and hold hands and sing kumbaya, I do believe this is possible, that we can solve things like hunger and, 
you know, sure. dying from preventable diseases. Sure, sure. And I, I really have been trying to uh, uh, maintain this sort of childlike view of the world that it, it doesn't need to be the way that it is. That's great. Yeah. And we should all hold a view of what we think the ideal should be and, you know, not be too discouraged by the state of affairs or 100%. what the media tells us the state of affairs. And, but on the other hand, we also have to look at the world the way that it is. Absolutely. And there are um, states and non-state actors that wish to see um, the United States be less successful than it is. And you do have to be on the lookout for intentional campaigns misinform the public, destabilize the public. And so it is a sort of a dichotomy between a general curiosity for the world and a healthy mistrust of, uh, of the facts that the, as they're presented, but also being aware that there are those who wish to intentionally shake the foundations of America. Yeah, um, wow. That's that's a big chunk right there, the misinformation that is purposely spread around it. Like the thing with the birds thing. Yeah. Uh, bring that out and saying what he did. Uh, he did it with not harmful intentions. No, but it, also it was to say that, you know, this wasn't a discovery he had made and then they paid folks to, you know, for him to go out and say that uh, it wasn't true, that to it, try to yeah. discredit it. Well, well that's what you, his followers are doing now. They're, they're saying, well, you know, we still believe it anyway. Now, uh, as some if, of them. if I were somebody that held a belief that was to the contrary of what a lot of people held, um, if somebody were to say me holding my belief could be an issue of national security, I would feel a certain way about it, of course. Now, can you can you speak to those who say that a campaign of misinformation has been uh, <clears throat> intentionally levied in the United States by outside powers, um, and how that could potentially affect a community that believed it? You mean you mean the purpose misdirection or misinformation campaigned by foreign powers in the United States? Is that right. I feel by like for, by foreign powers and domestic. Uh, there are people working. Subversive, or yeah, yeah. yeah. There, so, are, there are people working. I, I have to say this yeah. to purposely dismantle this thing we call democracy. Yeah, yeah. dismantle. Uh, that's that's that's. And, and misinformation is, is one of the things. I mean, now. Well, let's 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 let Jay here talk a little yeah. bit. But I just want to sort of see how you know. Um, it's it's very difficult to di di discern. Um, any naturally occurring um, curiosity and distrust that can <clears throat> sort of come out of that and uh, any intentionally implemented distrust and uh, you know lack of sort of social cohesion can you sort of speak on how that could be a factor or may not be a factor within the letter? it's just it's really okay. impossible to discern what what is and isn't i mean that that's assuming that something we know is for sure accurate and true mm. and uh unless you can go out and test that and prove that yourself it's indoctrination you're just working with someone else's belief or indoctrination that that is accurate and that is true mm. Um, it doesn't mean that somebody else's truth couldn't be true. One of them might be healthier, or the cohesion of that belief might help move people forward in a certain direction. Um, but yeah, I mean, critical thinking is huge, and we don't really have that so much in our nation. It's not taught. We're not taught the trivium or the quadrivium or how to how to you know. Well, I think we're taught the scientific method pretty pretty generally, right? To take um, not an assumption, but to make a hypothesis and test that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we don't do that so much more anymore with science. I really feel like we're told to believe, uh, you know, what Pfizer tells us to believe, but whether or not that's a good or a bad thing doesn't matter. We're just even 
then when they backtrack and say different things and they're efficient, all these numbers change, but it's like still not just trust us. Even though what we said in the beginning is completely not true, and we've mm. determined that you should still believe us and trust us. And that might be healthy for a nation in mm. some ways. Uh, and it might also be destroying a nation. This is what I'm saying. It's like these are two very different views and the idea that one of them is correct or incorrect is hard to prove. They, they definitely lead to different conclusions. Um, whether that's good or bad for us, is, it's really complicated. It's a really, really a complicated uh, thing to agree or disagree with. Okay. Um, yeah, well... Um, Does that make sense? No, it, yeah, yeah. A little bit. It's it, yeah. What you're saying, I think, to sort of boil it down, is it's it's difficult to discern um, <clears throat> people's general genuine curiosity um, and people's genuine um, desire to search for the truth in a world where they think that hasn't been found yet. Uh, it's difficult to discern that from folks intentionally putting forth information that uh, subverts the, the generally understood truth. It's been an absolutely interesting uh, conversation, Jay. It, uh, uh, I, I did what I had told Donnie I was gonna do. I was gonna hold myself back and just sit and let, let you guys talk. And believe it or not, uh, Probably for the first time, I did it. And it has been absolutely wonderful. Um, we're going to do a follow-up because I love this. I, I want people to see this place, learn the history of it. This is this is when I walked in here. It was like walking back into 1966, 67. The, hippie, the hippies place. I mean, I mean, it, this is. This is, you can look at it, this is home, this is lived in, this is the real world. Right. This is, this is a coming from the 60s, 70s, that's, that's the origin of this. Yeah, this uh, is the so real world. It's so, kind of um, so let me ask you, Jay, do you have any closing remarks or statements that uh, you, you would like to, to tell the folks? Um, gosh, we covered so much. I really just want to say it's... It's beautiful and everyone should be able to have conversations like this. Uh, whether you agree or disagree, you can learn so much or come to common ground. Or yeah, if you can educate each other, that's beautiful too. But even if you don't, uh, just coming to a place of understanding with other individuals and not, um, I don't think anyone felt like we were crazy or different or even had that varying, any varying uh, ground common ground but uh it's beautiful it's really beautiful to me to come together with someone else and discuss things that we have different views on and i think the world's really missing that especially with social media it's a whole different thing right um right. so to come together in the live in the flesh and and just discuss things and build and reason like I, I think it's beautiful i think it's really beautiful i really appreciate you guys um I can't remember the last time I had a conversation like this, and I feel like I used to have them all the time when I was younger, before social media was a thing. Right. So I just, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. I'd love to discuss more, um, but thank you. And we will. We will. Yeah, yeah, we definitely will. I'm going to come and do a history of this place, and we'll do another show with you, mm -hmm. and we'll go, we'll dive deeper into it. Yeah. Because there, there's so much to There's so much there's to talk so about. Can I, I do a quick plug? Yes, please, please. So, um, so I worked in nutrition for almost 20 years. I have a business with my brother. We originally started to help people get off drugs, uh, various herbs and supplements. Uh, as of now, it tends to mostly be Kratom and Kava and things like this. Uh, but we just made an amazing, amazing CBD product. So if anyone's looking for CBD, uh, really, I, 
I've won numerous awards for making hash and I've transitioned that knowledge into making CBD. Is it uh, non-saccharide? Yeah, 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 absolutely not. It's less than 0.2% THC. Which is, there you go. It's got all the cannabinoids. Uh, it's got CBDA, CBD, CBG. It's got myrcene, which is the terpene you want for pain relief. Okay. Anyway, um, is that and is that last question? Is that what it's used for? Is it a salve? What are what are the products oh, it's used a, for? So we do a tincture. Actually, it's in an olive oil base okay. because that preserves it and it helps uh, the body absorb it like a food. Um, I actually go on and on about it, but yeah, it's in an olive oil base. A lot of companies uh, just extract CBD and put it in alcohol. Ours is the whole hemp plant. It's a very special one we sourced, so you get most of the cannabinoids, which we call the entourage effect. So you get a plethora of health benefits as opposed to just buying single CBD. There you go. Um, there I'm you proud go. of it. It's the it's the best one I've ever seen on the market, and I've tried dozens. So how does one contact you about it? Um, so uh, the the main website. Well, let me just give you um, the easiest one is www.mu-cbd.com. Is that M O O? M-U-M-U-M-U-CBD.com. The main website is musynergetics.com. That's M-U-S-Y-N-E-R-G-E-T-I-C-S.com. But you can get there from M-U-CBD.com. Gotcha. I'm proud of it. I'm super, super proud of what we do. So if anyone's interested, you can also call us. You can find the number on there or email us with any questions. But all right, but it's, it's the best. Uh, I'd just like to plug what, what we usually plug. <clears throat> Similar to the conversation we had, knowledge is important. So go out and gather that knowledge, and I find it very important to go vote. You know, a civil vote. duty. Make sure you make sure your voice is heard. Make sure you don't just go and click check boxes that other people tell you to either. Learn about the issues. Learn about the candidates. Um, find those that are in the same vein of your beliefs and and cast your vote, man. Even in California, where blue reigns supreme, it's still important. And it's important that you do it to continue the tradition on to other folks because you never know where you'll end up or they'll end up. So please, get informed, get educated, and go vote. And um, before before we tell people to go vote, you have to get registered to vote. And a lot of people are not even registered. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I want people to, if you know people who don't vote, and I know people who run their mouth about how bad things are blah 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 and they've never voted in their life and I'm, I'm calling them to task about that if you know people who don't vote sit down and talk with them and let them know how important it is to participate in this thing we call democracy and the vote is one of the main wheels of the wagon of democracy if you don't vote then the people who do vote get their vote Right. And so, it tends to be the folks that do vote are older and have the money and the resources to take uh, time off of work. Yeah. But it's very important that you still do what you can to get out there, to get registered, to get informed, and to go vote. And people in the minority neighborhoods, I must say this, get that, that crap out of your head that has been a... a that your vote doesn't matter. That your vote it doesn't does. count. 100%. That's a bunch of propaganda that was put into your neighborhood since the early 60s to keep people... So, I just, voting. I got to comment on this because I'm one of those people from a young age that believe that, that your vote doesn't matter as against voting. So, here's, here's the truth or how I feel about it. Um, voting in your local elections and what's going on it's in your community important. is one of the most important things and that's probably the 
biggest impact you can have on the reality of your people around, even if you don't agree with And that's running. the one that most people skip. Yeah, you, well, because most of us grow up with this idea that it's Democrat, Republican, Coke, or Pepsi to me, like, whatever. They're, they're almost the same thing. Um, they're both Wall Street. Anyway, that doesn't matter. But, but I do believe that absolutely we can have an influence in the things much closer to us. And I, there's no way that your vote doesn't matter in that respect. Who knows what's going on on the larger political level, but get involved. Get get aware of what's going on in your community right. and make a difference, especially since so many people don't do that. Your vote is even more valuable. Oh, yeah. You can really change things from ground, grassroots level up. Mm -hmm. um, so Go vote. So, yeah. And then uh, tour dates? Tour dates? What oh, uh, myself, yeah. You can catch me in Monterey. Every second Saturday of the month at uh, Bontown, Elroy's Lighthouse Smokehouse. Mm -hmm. I may even start doing it every Saturday night. We were talking about that uh, uh, when I was there just last night. Uh, but anyway, Monterey, every second Saturday, if you want to catch an alligator, you come on down. I'm not sitting down like this. It's a, my wild show. Uh, and what I got to say is we're going to have to to cut this off real soon because this is my second tequila <laughs> and by my third tequila I'm going to be out in the front yard shooting my gun. I'm not <laughs> doing this podcast if he takes his pants off but hey thank you guys so much for checking it out. Thank you so much Jay hey, for being on the show. Thank you so much. I really, really, very really much appreciate pleasure. it. Really my friend this. we're going to do it again. Well, but one last song so. to leave you yeah, before yeah, we're give done. Me, right. give, give me my mandolin. Sounds right. like a plan. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do Motown. Mm -hmm. I'll trade you. How's that sound? Mm -hmm. Alligator style. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay, let's see what we got. Um, this has been very, very interesting. Okay, excuse me, it's been taking so long. You can always cut. All right, let's that. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, you ready? Mm -hmm. Here we go. Make sure to thank Jed before you're done, all right? I think we're going to cut around this part right here. Come on, man. It'd be interesting to talk about ways to build housing for people, which is Huge, huge problem. 100% that'd be great. Yeah, there's a lot of discussion. Here we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm very invested in the whole thing. Motown.
tenderly With a burning love That stings like a bee Trails. 